Welcome to Real World Podcast. I am your host, Brian Schutte, with my lovely mother, Bobby Schutte. Thank you for listening. We are not experts in any way, but we are a boomer and a millennial. I am the millennial since I am uh, <laughs> younger. Uh, barely a millennial for that matter. So That's true. You some of you barely. might gatekeep me out of your community, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but today, after a pretty heavier topic talking about last week, uh, I'm going to go back for back with a super heavy topic. Uh, not not really. I mean, it can be, depending. Because it, it, it can, can be. be. Sure. Because uh, it can lead to a lot of discussion about our struggles and our spiritual growth. And that is, how do we keep God close or how do we keep God as like the first in our life? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I think the way that I wanted to start talking about this is in as it relates to spiritual formation. I wasn't sure if you had any thoughts of how if you wanted to say anything before you, I would you go. You go ahead and talk, and I'll just interject as okay. I yeah as I normally do. So interject, interrupt. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people when if you're a Christian and you're first saved, you feel like this euphoric. I mean, ironic, after we mm-hmm. talked about last, last week's yeah, or this two is weeks like, ago episode. Yeah, this is like the opposite of our last one. The last one was uh, the opiate crisis. And, you know, so this is kind of a... But, uh, I mean, it's, it's ironically comparative. It is. It is. Because it it's is. When, when a lot of people, when they're first saved, they feel this euphoria. They feel this, oh, I feel all God's blessing. I feel his presence. And then after some time, it sort of slowly vanishes. Everything is new and fresh. And then, like, over your life... Faith just doesn't end up staying that way. Uh, so how do we sort of keep that relationship as new and fresh all the time? And that's mm-hmm. like the big question. But what a lot of times what people will notice is that you, after you hit that high when you're first saved, and then you eventually come back to a low point. And then you start going back up again, and you eventually reach another high. And then you sort of plateau, and then you sort of end up hitting a low, and it just becomes, it feels like a like this field of valleys and lows. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a graph, you start at the zero point, you go up five, then you go down 10 to negative five, and then you go back up another negative, t- another 10, and, and you're just sort of going all sorts between godly and sinful in different seasons. Well, and I feel like that's what a lot of people feel like their spiritual life is described like. I don't think that's everyone, and I actually would disagree with that comparison i think that's uh, theologically incorrect but i feel like that's a lot of what people feel like their life is like i can see that you want i just wanted I to interrupt one more time i i just want to because i i want to make sure we're heading in the direction that i'm thinking that <laughs> we should head i'm and i'm gonna totally take us a it, different 180 that's probably true well you know my whole thinking is you know like when I, I grew up in the church, but I, I grew up in a Baptist church and it was really, again, I was a child, so I'm, I wasn't going to hear like maybe the heavy sermons and things like that in the same manner. And like, I never learned and s- until I started going to a non-denominational um, church in my thirties that we should put God first. Like I, I never heard that before. Like that ah. he, that we. Now I understand. You know, we, you know, Matthew twenty two. We love the Lord your God with all your heart. Basically, Jesus gave us two commandments: to love Him and love others. Like those are the two primary commandments, right? And mm-hmm. so I know that, and I learned that when I was a kid. But, but in terms of like putting Him first. I never realized that until I was older. I was in like my thirties and, and 
you know, by that time, we had already had a couple children. And like in my head, I was putting them first. You know, it's like I always I felt like responsible as a parent to put my child first. Like it never dawned on me that by putting God first, it kind of puts everything else into place. See, you know? that, that's actually very interesting because that's because you said keeping God first or keeping uh-huh. God close. Right. When we talked about what subjects mm-hmm. you want to talk about. That's so true. I did not anticipate putting him first the first time because no, that's totally different. No, but, but I, I think it's all, I mean, we want to talk about all of it. So it's like, you know, yeah. just recognizing that we need to keep him close. Yeah. We need to put him first. Because I think when a lot of us, because you grew up in the church, so maybe that was a little bit foreign to you because you never had that first euphoric That's right. moment, that that's very right. clear moment of salvation that's, of my life is totally different now than who here it that, is from that's every point correct. after. That's correct. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of Christians, that's their experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's different. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same for you, though. I mean, you grew up in the church. So it is, but I also have a very clear moment in my mind that I can point to and say, if I'm not saved at that moment, I don't think there'll ever be a moment in my life where I was saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was saved, I was 14. I mean, I grew up in the church, but I went forward when I was 14, and I do clearly remember that. I can tell you what I had on. You know what I Dang. mean? Like, I, I can. I, I can remember the moment vividly. Um, but I still, the concept of putting God first, keeping him first and foremost was not really an, uh, part of my thinking. Yeah, I mean, because if you, if you think about the commandments, especially in our culture, oh, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love others as you would yourself. Like, oh, like, yeah, I love God. Like, he's a cool dude. Like, he's my friend. He's the guy I pray to. Just like, oh, I love my grandpa. I call him like once a month and... Mm-hmm. Like you could have that same sort of like, of course I love that person that I've known my entire life, but it can still be this very foreign concept of what does it mean if they're a priority mm-hmm. and they're not just they're a priority, but they're the priority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, it makes a difference and it, and it really helps if you're in a um, marriage where you're both oh, yeah. putting God first and you have a spiritual head of the home. I mean, it's really... In my mind, it's a huge difference. Um, I, I just, I just think it is, and I mean, I've witnessed all different kinds of homes and 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 relationships and um, families, and you know, I'm sorry, but the traditional family of dad, mom, children, you know, the nuclear family seems to work best. I mean, I, yeah, it, I mean, it provides a structure that everyone needs and craves. And, and I think that's the bottom line. I think that's why the Lord designed it that way. Now, I understand things happen in lives and, and not everybody and, yeah. has that opportunity. And not everybody is blessed that way. Because you can grow totally. up with a nuclear family and totally. your parents could be no, totally. sacks of crap. Totally. And sometimes totally. you could be the best parents in the world Abs- and your kids are sacks Abs- of crap. No, no, I mean, <laughs> you really like that word today. I'm sorry. Should, yeah. Do you not want me to say that? It's not one of my favorites, but it's Would you okay. prefer me to say the worst word or the better no, word? No, no, not nine. <laughs> okay. You come up with something else, neither. Duty. Duty. <laughs> no, but I think the the bottom line is, um, you know what? We're watching the playoff game in Cincinnati Bengals just beat the I, Tennessee I Titans. I wasn't going to acknowledge that. <laughs> I did. I did. We have it. We have it on the sidelines, so yep. interesting for Cincinnati. Good for them. Good job, Bungles. Yep. 
Notice I said uh, no. I say Cincinnati the Bengals. They're the Bengals. No, no. because they're them. gonna they're gonna bungle their way out of a Super Bowl victory. They're gonna get there and lose. Oh, okay. Well, we're not. We're we're gonna get back to putting God first, not football. See, so. I was putting him first. I wasn't the one who acknowledged the game. No, I'm just joking. Well, I think the bottom line is is that we first. So on this whole topic that we're talking about today is we first have to recognize that we need to keep him first. first. Yeah, that was that's the the and underlying assumption yes. of what I was talking about. Right. Right. But I I just wanted to bring that front and center because. Like I said, I didn't realize that until my 30s, and I was a believer. And I, honestly, I, I've, I want to say in in you know the last 20 plus years where we've been in non denominational churches, that's front and center. But, um, I can't say that for when I was growing up. I can't say that for when we attended the Catholic Church. Like that wasn't something that was said. Yeah. Like maybe it was implied in some ways, but it wasn't actually talked about. It's it's talked about in our church. I mean, like we talk about it regularly. I mean, it's usually part of the vision statement or or you know, with with a lot of churches. And so it's just um yeah. It's important to acknowledge that. So I just I know I've kind of beat that one. So No, we'll, but that's 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 a it's a good starting point cuz I was going to start with that assumed and I didn't even think about that. So that's actually a great addition to this conversation. Uh, so with that in mind, we go back to what I was first saying was a lot of people feel like their spiritual lives is they have that first high, say for you when you're about 14, mm-hmm. me, I was around that same age. I was a sophomore in high school. I think I was, I think I had just turned 16 Okay. when I could look back at the exact moment of, if I wasn't saved here, I don't, I don't know when I would ever be. Uh, and so sometimes it's, it's harder when you've grown up in the church, yeah. right? Because you're you you kind of feel like, well, I've always been a believer, but there wasn't necessarily just that light bulb kind yes. of moment that was very clear. But for a lot yeah. of people, it's at some point we a lot of people eventually do have that first high, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. first I love Jesus so much. He mm-hmm. is my everything. Mm-hmm. I would be nowhere without him. Mm-hmm. Like I need him for everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we hit another low. Now, like, am I really even saved? Like, I thought I was different now. I'm making the same mistakes as I was before I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. That is a tough one because uh, we kind of expect things to be different, mm-hmm. yet we're but still living in a fallen world. And we are. so, and, and, and in this flesh, it's just such a challenge sometimes. And eventually, so we hit that low, and then eventually we hit another high again. We hit another spiritual high point. And I think a lot of us can recognize that mm-hmm. we have this as like we we are in this valley of lows and highs. Sure. But the thing that we don't realize is that most of the time we're in between them. Hmm. We're not always at a high or always at a low. That's like 1% of the time. 99% of our faith, we're in between them. Mm-hmm. And so also a big part of that, uh, the valleys as we're hitting them is those low points they're always going to be typically higher than the last one, if that makes sense. As we keep growing on our faith. The highs and the lows? Not necessarily the highs are higher. The highs aren't necessarily higher. Okay. But as we're going our faith, our faith, when we go to talk about that, say it's a graph. We start at zero, we go up five, and then down 10 to negative five. And I'm sorry for those of you who hate math and you think this is a terrible metaphor for this. (laughs) Uh, But... The graph, when we think of the graph as going straight left to right with 
us going up and down, but we're not just going left to right, up and down. We're going diagonally left to right. We're slowly going more and more up. Mm-hmm. Our highs and lows, like eventually our low might be higher than our original we're on that high. Sanctification process. Yeah. Shout out I mean, to Craig Anderson. Yeah, it's their sanctification. It's spiritual formation, mm-hmm. spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And that point may not be there for 50 years. And there might be a point where one high is lower than the last high and one low is lower than the last low or et cetera. Like that can still happen. Mm-hmm. But it's this general process of we feel really defeated. But again, most of the times we're not at those highs. We're not those lows. And we're just sort of stuck in between and we're trying to figure out, God, what do you want from us? How do we keep God close? Mm-hmm. God, I want to feel close to you like I, I've done before. I don't mm-hmm. want to feel that low again. Mm-hmm. So... So that would tell me that if we want to keep close to him, we need to make him a priority. Yeah. And that's sort of how we arrived to this question. I know that was a big opening segment in a sense. It was. Uh, was. Let's see. That was uh, 13 minutes and 13 seconds. (laughs) Uh, But so I think the starting point of that is how do we maintain any relationship that we're close with? That's Mm -hmm. a priority. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to turn this to you as the, uh, lovely married woman with an awesome husband mm-hmm. uh hashtag br- brag about my dad uh mom how do you do the same thing with dad in your marriage how do you maintain your relationship with him like just like i think it's the same thing it's like you make yeah. you make that person a priority but in i mean your like life. i mean in a sense what does that look like for you like what what's something like well, little you do that like to show or to like maintain your relationship with dad because it but I know we're that's not seemed, talking about that. And I, so I'm I know. not prepared to answer that question. Okay. I'm just saying that's not really what we're talking about. We're but, talking about maintaining a close relationship okay. with God. But and what I'm talking about, I though, do all the wifey things. I mean, it's like I know I, I know that's not the right answer, but I, I just don't want to go into that. I don't think that's what we're here to talk about today. Okay. Well, um, my point of that is is that when we maintain others as a priority, we're doing similar things with God. It might be different little tasks or different ways to say, I love you, but we're making, the way we prioritize God is going to be very similar as to what we do with other people. Well, so you were asking for a generalization. I thought you were asking for specific things that I do yeah, to I, make that a priority. So I'm like, I, mean, I don't like, really yes think and, I need to go into that. I mean, like, yes and no. Like you make God, yeah, you make God. I mean, you make God a priority too, but like you can make that a priority or for anyone out there, you make a, a partner, a friend a priority because you make time for them. Well, again, I, th- I think if we, if we go back to love God, love others, that whether it's our spouse, whether it's our children, whether it's our friends, um, our community group members, uh, whomever, you know, we we still need to seek God first in all of it. So whatever it yeah. is that we're doing, yeah. we want to make sure that he's included. So every decision that we make, whatever we say, whatever we do we do that within the mind of honoring God. So God should be glorified in all that we say or do. Now, do we actively do that? No. I mean, I've, I've certainly fallen off that wagon lots of times, but I think I seek to do that. So in terms of prioritizing God, prioritizing dad, prioritizing my children, it's like, you know, I think the first thing I need to do, and that's one of the reasons that I love the vision for our church, being real with yourself, God, and others. First thing you need to do is to be real with yourself. And, you know, you, you, you can't tell your, 
yourself a story. I mean, you need to be real with yourself and, and you need to be real with God because if you don't do that, you can't be real with anybody else. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I do. And I think kind of getting back to what I was sort of saying was that those things that we do to prioritize people, the number one thing, the general theme, that's the reason I wanted to ask you questions was that they're present like you're mindful of them you're aware of them when you think well, of yeah them, that's what i was saying about yeah whether it's and that, you that's what i'm saying it's circling back it's making them a priority i mean that's the number one thing so we need to make god a priority first so what well, I mean, i'm saying and part of the process of doing that is to be aware is to be like someone because someone can be in your life but they're not a priority but when you're mindful of their presence, when you're constantly with them, they become a priority when you're spending sure. time with them, when you value sure. that time. And that's why a lot of little things, people will typically respond to this question of like, how do I keep God first? How do I improve my life with God? It's like, oh, spiritual disciplines, prayer, reading the Bible, right. journaling, That's fasting, where I would go with all of this. Doing ministry, right. retreats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do those all have in common as well? When you're doing any of those things, what is the what is the common factor? This was a question for I, you. I don't I'll, know, Brian. Tell me what you're thinking because I, I can't read your mind. I'm sorry, but I don't oh, know I was, where you're going with this. Okay. I mean, it's God's presence. Okay. Well, you already said that. So I thought you were looking for something else. I'm sorry. No, that's I'm just... What we have here is a failure to communicate. This is the difference between the millennial and the baby boomer, or between male and female. Sometimes, like I truly do not understand the direction where Brian's going. I or thought where it was Dave is very, going. I'm sorry. I thought it was very heavy-handed with what I where I was going. I was trying to be very heavy-handed at least. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought you were looking for something nope, different than what you just had the, just said. Literally the exact same answer. Okay. I was saying how we can go to spiritual disciplines. But why do we want to repeat ourselves? I guess I don't understand. Because I was talking about what's our common response. We're sparring on this one. Because Yeah, we are. We're as ironic because this is least con- less I controversial know. than the last one. I know. Uh, because the, our common response is, oh, read your Bible. See, oh, pray. See, oh, this is the fast. problem because we don't talk about our podcasts before we, we have them. So I think we each had maybe a little different uh, perspective of what we were going to address during this podcast mm-hmm. and so uh, how you're approaching it is not how i would have approached it and well, so how would you no, approach I, that, that just then? let That's, me back up no this yeah. this is yours and it's fine i'm just saying i would have kind of approached it differently but i was thinking that but, it was a different topic altogether kind of like i was thinking like putting god first like what does that look like exactly you know and and then you're doing it, but... How would you put God first? We've already talked about that. Make him a priority. Okay, but what does that look like then? That's what I'm asking. What are the concrete things you do? Okay, so you've already just mentioned those, so... Prayer, devotional, <laughs> go to church, have that's, group, that's, I'm fellowship. Trying to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out how are you wanting to approach this differently... Well, so we but I'm not there yet. Like, I'm not at that point. So I was kind of like looking at this more methodical. And so you're like jumping into things that I probably would have talked about later. So that's why I'm like, I, you know, I'm not good off the cuff on things like this because I don't, I don't trust myself. So I like, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. That's fine. 
you know, so, so let me identify some things that, that we can do. So one of the things that, um, that I do every day is I do my devotion and I read first thing in the morning. So I generally am up at four o'clock mainly because the dogs went out at four and <laughs> you know, when I am working, I, I have to get up that early, but I, I really do enjoy it. I'm not complaining at all. I have no problem getting up at four o'clock and I love the quiet in the house. And I, I actually enjoy that time of the day very much. And yeah. Um, I feel like I can focus when there's no other noise. There's nothing else going on. When there's no distractions. And there's no distractions. You know, I uh, sometimes the dogs can be a little bit distracting, but not generally. That We have a routine. So, yeah. I mean, I pretty much do this seven days a week. So, um, you know, it's it's really kind of the same thing. And, uh, and not just doing that, um, you know, first thing in the morning, but one of the things that I did... I did it years ago, but especially when we moved into this house, it's like I have reminders all over the house. I have, I have verses. I have, um, you know, like faith-based like wall art and things like that. And it's for that purpose. It's for me to constantly be reminded of where my mind needs to be. It's not because I'm holier than thou. It's because I'm not. It's because I need to be reminded yeah. of how I am here in this flesh. And it's so easy for me to succumb to a fleshly need that I have to be reminded continuously yeah. that that my mind needs to be with the Lord. And I'm sorry, I'll get emotional, but it's true. And it's and it's like you being real on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just joking. Like, of course. It's true. And so. We're allowed. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, you know, as we're doing our devotions, as we're looking at these, this wall art, whatever, we need to be praying. We need to be having that discussion with God throughout the day. Like it doesn't, it's not like a once a day thing, a twice a day thing. It's literally throughout the day. We need to be grateful and expressing our gratitude even for little things, maybe you lost something and you found it and be very grateful for finding it. You know, I mean, it's little things like that, that I think are so important. It's not just the big things. We know we go to him for the big things. We need to go to him for the little things. We need to go to him throughout the day. And, you know, I think we need to focus on scripture or do whatever it takes for an individual to, um, Whatever works for you to learn scripture. Yeah, I yeah. actually just started reading through the Bible again. Jake's church, we were at his church. He did the message back on January 4th, and they had a new, uh, they have a new Bible reading plan this year. And so I started his plan. And, and I, I actually did a similar one a few years ago where you read a few chapters um, from the old, uh, from either Proverbs or Psalms, and then from the New Testament. And I do like that approach. It it, it makes it easier because it's really hard sometimes when you're in like a Leviticus and things like that to just read, you know, mm-hmm. four or five chapters. Yeah, it can know. be it can be really difficult. It can be it can be difficult. So um, that's actually something we're going to talk a little bit later about. Okay, so you could create like a verse card, like you could write a verse yeah. out every day and like literally handwrite it because there's nothing like re- you can remember it much easier. Yeah. Memorizing you, scripture, or if it takes you five times, times to write yeah. it, if you want to remember it writing it, just buy a bunch of index cards and, and, and do that every day. Um, you know, you can listen to a Christian podcast, podcast. or a podcast like this, you know, where, where we're trying we're, to encourage yeah. you, identify, 
areas maybe that you hadn't thought about. Um, argue about, argue uh, about how do we approach getting, keeping God close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, um, no, I really, <clears throat> I really like that mom. And mm-hmm. I, I think that because that cause come, brings up the point I was trying to talk about. I wasn't trying to say like, those disciplines don't help us. I felt like you were that. trying to trick me into trying no, to no, say no, no, I no, didn't know no. what you I was were trying for. to ask very obvious leading questions. I know, but so, so to me, I'm so sorry. Like seriously, like when it's that obvious, like no, I, I feel like you're trying to nope, trick me. I most of the time not. I'm just trying to do this to be like, hey, here's this <laughs> thought. What's the obvious answer? Okay, well, let's talk about why is this the obvious so answer. So let me what continue. I'm not done yeah. yet. Okay. No, it's all good. So continue. So you can also read. There's so many Christian books out there. Now, on that, I would recommend, like, word of mouth. Like, you know, your friends, what your friends are reading, and, and they're really getting a lot out of it. That's where yep. social media can be beneficial, where you're looking at uh, places where you know that are safe, that, that their recommendations are good, and, um, you know, so commit to reading those kinds of books. Yeah. Journaling. Uh, I actually have a quick uh, okay. thought before you go sure. to journaling. Sure. Uh, if, if you don't know what to read, talk to someone in your church totally. who you know, totally. who might have an idea. It can be your pastor. I can trust me. Like even the most like as low read as pastors as there are, some are like even the least read pastors are going to have tons and tons of books. Totally. Like I have a full bookshelf and I, like I'm not actively just reading tons of tons mm-hmm. of new Christian books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like talk to your pastor, talk to a seminary student. If you know one, talk to just other Christians. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's like, if you're not, if you're not sure where you're starting point, just start asking around. I think I've read more Christian books from word of mouth, from, from friends, acquaintances that it's like, Hey, this book's really good. I actually uh, just started reading one. Here's a little plug for Amber Leah. Uh, I started reading a book called food triggers and it's basically honoring God with what we eat and, you like know, that. what are some of the triggers that we have? And uh, so I, I started reading that one. My problem is I start reading these books and I often don't finish them all. You know, um, I kind of look at them and read them for a particular maybe objective or purpose, and then I kind of don't finish it. But I definitely will on the food triggers. It's that's, a pretty that's, easy that's read. That's ironic because I'm actually the opposite as you. Okay. I very rarely start a book, but I'd always finish them <laughs> where I'm like, what's this? I'll even sometimes where I'm like, this isn't going to be a very good one. I'm just going to skip the first couple parts. Okay. This is their main point. Well, so it makes sense that we, we kind of approach it differently since we kind of approach conversations differently. Uh, you take that back. <laughs> when have I, when have I ever approached a conversation differently? Okay. Here's a big one for me. This is a big one for me. Yes. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Oh yeah. You know, for sure. Um, you know, make it's it's easy to get into bad patterns and so forth. If you're watching stuff that you really shouldn't watch, you know, make sure that you're making good decisions on entertainment choices. And again, I, I shared this before, but I know that Pastor Matt said this um, a couple years ago, and it like really stuck with me. And what he was talking about was this particular issue, and he was saying. So when you're identifying things for your child to watch, if you don't think your child should watch it, then you shouldn't watch it because there's something in there that you don't want them to see. 
uh, or here. And he's saying, then you probably shouldn't watch it either. Now, there may be some exceptions to that for some reasons, but basically what he's talking about are, yeah. you know, whether it's vulgarity, sex, well, yeah, like violence, here. things that are over the top. Yeah. That if you don't want your child to watch it, you probably shouldn't be watching it either. And yeah. this is why, you know, I tend to watch, you know, like GAC Family and Hallmark and, you know, channels where it's not going to be questionable. Yeah. And I, for the most part, I HGTV. agree. HGTV. I, I think I'm at like 90%. <laughs> I think I'm at like 90% agreement with that as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I and, that, and that's just in the standpoint of, like you said, I think there are exceptions and I think there might be more exceptions that we think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are because there could be like medical type things. There could be there could be you know maybe there. Yeah, I mean there could be, be so many exceptions because I think a big part of it can be intent. Your intent sure. in watching this totally because I have known totally. plenty of Christians who won't watch Harry Potter's because there's magic. Involved. No, I understand, and that's silly but, because if you've watched The Wizard of Oz, how is that any different than than <laughs> I Harry never even Potter? Thought about oh that. no, this came up uh, not too long ago because I've I've heard this. I remember. This is no joke. This is back when when Jake and Scott were in elementary school. So we're we're going back like this is probably twenty five years, twenty thereabouts. And well, you can look it up to see when Amy Grant came out with her baby baby um, video, and there were people at at church. Kids went to Christian school, and there were parents there. And I remember this. Some parents were unglued. They wouldn't let their kids watch that video because Amy Grant was, like, in a relationship, not with the husband of her child in the baby baby video. I mean, I've never even not that there this. was anything sexual or anything about it. And she actually re- literally wrote the, the song for her baby. Oh. But... Because her husband wasn't her husband in the video, they didn't think that the kids oh. should watch it. I mean, it was, it's kind of like on entertainment, how often do yeah. actual spouses be the, the husband and wife? Now, I know Kirk Cameron has made a decision that he will not kiss, uh, not, you know, he won't kiss another woman in a movie. You know, like if it requires him to kiss him, it's going to be his wife. And they're going to just film it so that, whomever is portraying his on-screen wife, like it would work for his wife, actual real wife Actually, to be in that r- scene. Real quick. If you, if for anyone who didn't know for a shout out to Chris Hemsworth, if you don't know who that is, that's the person know, who acts as Thor. Is. Yes. In one of the Marvel movies where he plays Thor, he has a kiss scene with Natalie Portman's character at the end of a movie and they had to do a reshoot of it. She couldn't make it, so he actually brought his wife as her stand-in. Nice. And so, actually, I don't. I think it's the second Thor movie. He has a kiss with that character at the end of the movie, and you don't see her face; you just see her hair, and that's uh-huh. actually him kissing his wife. Awesome. I just cool. like little little wholesome things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I like that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Anyways, we should probably start. Yeah, I just had one more thing. One. So finally, uh, you know, another way that we can. Um, reflect how we're loving God or keeping him close. And that's by serving others, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, yeah. And you can call whatever ministry, like, I don't mean just that church, you know, I mean, certainly at church for sure, but like, you know, taking someone meals, um, you know, buying someone food, uh, doing whatever it takes in order to serve man, 
You know, it doesn't yeah, have to be through the church, other. loving others. I mean, any kind of charity work, you know, um, you know. Yeah, and I mean, all I would, of those I would consider any of that doing ministry. And I agree. And and it's kind of like, but when we hear the term ministry. Yeah, we think of. We think just as it relates to, to church, church. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good yes. point. Thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. that's a good point. Well, you know, and, and the reason I bring that up is that, you know, years ago when I was so involved with When Calls the Heart and uh, with the Hardys. Has it really been years already? It has been years. It's been a couple. Wow. And um, dad said that was my ministry. And he was right. I just never thought of it. I never put that into the, the yeah, right is, context. You, you met a lot of people that way and you yeah. talked with your sure. faith with a lot of people. And well, and serve. Yeah. I mean, we did the devotionals. So there was all kinds of things um, through, through the Hardys. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I just wanted to share that. And he said that, and it like never dawned on me to use that term outside of church. That's really and, cool. and so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm kind of done with my, okay. So, uh, getting back to my apparently uh, <laughs> we're a little disjointed, a little a little too heavy-handed uh, questions. Okay, all these spiritual disciplines and a couple a couple others I would uh, add there. You mentioned journaling. We didn't really touch on that that much. That's we, a great really, one. It is. It is a great one. I've uh, never really journaled. I I have, but very short-lived. I'll I'll yeah. get like really excited to journal. I'll do it for a couple of days and then I stop. Yeah, same with me. Uh, I'm very similar. I mean, I love writing in general, but even with journaling. I, I feel like I'm better at processing my emotions and thoughts when I'm just talking with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, fasting can be a great one. No, I, I don't didn't mean bring that up. Yes, I, I don't a mean good just one. intermittent fasting when you're dieting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. purposely. It doesn't even have right. to be food. It could be right. if you're someone who maybe takes like a well, like a drink once every few days. Mm-hmm. It could be a fasting from a drink. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It could be fasting from playing. For me, it could be fasting from playing a video game. Right. It could be fasting from mm-hmm. playing D and D. I could be fasting from QVC. Yeah, it could be. Uh, mm-hmm. fasting from little things that we do, whether it's just little joyments, mm-hmm. coping mechanisms, whatever they are. And that's to f- recenter ourselves and focus on God and whatever we're needing of him. Yes. Uh, it can, like you said, we talked about doing ministry. Another one that I thought about was retreats mm-hmm. those times. Cause yeah. a big focus of this and what I'm about to talk about is taking away distractions. Yes. And so what these all have in common as you're talking about is God's presence. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but these are all ways that we practice to be in God's presence. And that's the biggest part of keeping God first. If you're never thinking God's right next to you, if you're never thinking God is with you right now as you're listening to this, as me and my mom are talking, then like you're not mindful of him. You're not aware of him as much as you can be. And he will never be first. Or if he is first, then he will never be as much of a priority as he could be. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, one of the one of the terms or the metaphors that we've talked before about is using him as a vending machine. You know, it, it yeah. just seems like, and I've certainly known people that, you know, that will make comments about, oh, yeah, I pray about it, whatever. But it always seems like it's more for a vending machine type of prayer. Yeah, it's where it's like, hey, God, this, this, and this. Yeah. I want an answer or give me this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gave you my prayer. Now, now give me. And it's like so. So we've all known people that really kind of only wanted to be around us because they needed something from us. And like, do you really want to be around those people? I mean, how yeah. challenging. So, do you think the Lord is real thrilled with us if that's kind of the only time we go to Him? Yeah, it's like I actually talked with this with a uh, shout out 
to, I don't think anyone might know who this is, but shout out to Vivi Diaz, uh, who gave an awesome mention message at youth, uh, this last week, it was about prayer and connecting with God. Mm. And I had a great conversation with the boys in my youth group, uh, about Mm -hmm. this as well, Mm -hmm. where I pretty much said, one of the questions I asked them is if you have a friend or you have a homie and all they come to you with is asking you to like copy your homework or to, uh, help with the problem or anything like that. Like, are they really your friend? Well, they said, no, it sounds like they just want to use us. Mm-hmm. Like you might even genuinely care about them, but like, they're not really your friend. Like they're just trying to use you. And like, mm-hmm. well, it's the same thing we do with God when we are praying. Like totally. That. Totally. Uh, and so, yeah, when coming to God, uh, being in God's presence is the big common factor in all these things. And the best way to, to practice all these things in mind is just to become increasingly mindful of his presence when we're aware that God is right next to us and that he loves us and that we're talking to him and that it's constant, those little things start becoming easier. Those little disciplines aren't necessarily disciplines at the end of the day because they eventually just become habits. Just like uh, eating healthy, it can start off being, do I really want to do this right now? Blah, blah, blah. And then you like be like, but I should, I need this, this is good for me. And then the more and more healthy you eat, the longer and longer you do it, it stops being, do I really want to do this right now? It might be, do you want this broccoli? You want to get in and out? Eh, no, broccoli sounds good to me right now. Like, I like broccoli. Like, it starts becoming more like that to eventually, like, I'm looking forward to right, this. to eating broccoli, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at its core, and this was the big point I think I wanted to emphasize through all these spiritual disciplines, is this is the Sabbath command. It is a command to rest to know God and to be known by God because and the whole aspect of rest is saying, do not be distracted with the things of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing of it. When you know me, don't be distracted with all your worries. Don't so be distracted. Resting in him. Yeah. It, it, Cause you can, and I had a week off. Thank you sandals for giving me a week off after Christmas. They even had all some of these videos about how to rest well, how to like do all these things well. And I like, I was resting and I felt really good like the third day and the fourth day. Mm-hmm. But by the time the weekend hit, like I stopped feeling like I was resting well because I was essentially off so long where I felt like I got out of a routine. I wasn't thinking of the things I would normally think about and I eventually ended up messing up my rest. Like the last weekend after my week off ended up like almost sort of ruining the rest I got from that week mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... It can be difficult because you can have bad rest, just like you can have bad sleep. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have good rest. Mm -hmm. And we can have a whole other discussion on what does good rest look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Alfredo Ramos had a great message this last week at Sandals. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shout out to him. Mm -hmm. You guys want to go on Sandals' YouTube account or their podcast on anywhere anywhere podcasts are found, you can find his message about Mm -hmm. rest. Mm Mm-hmm. That's sandalschurch.com. Yeah, you could sandalschurch.com. Find it there. I typically end up listening to it a lot on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there was a couple other quick things I wanted to touch on. Uh, Sorry, I'm just scrolling things. I don't want to, I don't hate when I say filler words like this. I become so self conscious of it. So there are still times when we do end up feeling less. Like when I was talking about where those valleys and highs and we're at those midpoints and there are times where we feel less things for God. Like we feel that we we feel less feelings just like you, like if it's your partner or your best friend, like you don't always feel those, that high romantic love every single day. You might not always feel those deep bonds of loyalty to your best friend every single day all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you can, Mm -hmm. but like it's not constant. Mm -hmm. 
And so, uh, I guess my big question is for you, mom, and for anyone else, do you guys think that feelings for God matters for us to maintain our relationship with him? And if, depending on if they do, because I think to some degree they should. I think they help. How much, how much should we feel? Um, that because that could that can be its own like little basket of worms. Well, I mean, I <laughs> that think it can be so difficult. I'm sorry. I think what's no, I'm sorry. I, I just I think what's important is that we need to know God. Yes, that's what's most important. And but I do think these feelings of euphoria, whatever, as we're you know, like when we're grateful and when we're in that, we have like euphoric moments with God when when you know we are grateful and. We've experienced him. Um, I think those feelings are helpful because they kind of validate everything about you and about him. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to say they're bad, but... Oh, I would we, never say they're bad. No. Most but, of the time, they're not bad. No, most of the time, they're not, not bad. unless you're being misled or something. Right. But but that could happen. And so, but I would say the opposite, like if you're starting to have negative feelings about God or about like maybe something circumstances or whatever you need to, I mean, it's so common for people to blame God, but it's, you know, he basically didn't say anything bad wouldn't happen to you. He said he would be here with you. He's present with us through it all. He's present with us through it all. And so we need to be very mindful of how our feelings can go negative Definitely. And and we blame him instead of recognizing that we live in this fallen world. Yeah. And and we need to blame the enemy because he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Period. Definitely. And I think I think that's a great answer because I think that's, that's pretty much the same answer I was going to give. Wow. See, we, see, we can agree. We can agree on we things. We can agree on things. G- going back to that comparison where, I mean, God himself is the one who calls us uh, his husband, calls him, him, calls himself our husband. Our husband, right. Mm-hmm. Uh and so that same way, like if you're a woman or you're a married man, uh, I should say, just for a, spart- uh, a spouse in general, uh, maybe it's your best friend. If you're thinking about your friend and you're not feeling anything super strong, but then you see them, you see them smile and your heart warms a little bit or something mm-hmm. like that general, like, yeah, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Like this should be the same thing with prayer, the same thing with reading scripture. Like it shouldn't be this thing where you suddenly get feel disgust at. Like you, if you feel, you look at your spouse and you go, oh this again Mm -hmm. that sounds like something you should work on with your partner Mm -hmm. uh and vice versa like that sounds like you're kind of getting to a bad point in your relationship with god and that's something you need to maybe go to soul care or talk with others about because Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're coming with feelings of bitterness or resentment or anger sure uh and so how much we should feel like yeah it's not necessarily how much because different people are more emotional than others Mm -hmm. but the types of feelings are you feeling bitter are you feeling angry are you feeling positive do you look to him as your dad still do you look to him as your husband your savior and so on uh as we're winding down i don't know how if these will be big discussion points or if these are just quick little comments uh but i had two other uh thoughts one is our ability to know god is limited to when like we know him like what we know about him. If you've read the Bible a dozen times, like you should probably take a theology class or take another class or maybe read a theology book or something along those lines. 
Uh, it could be spiritual formation class. It could be anything like that. Because I think to some degree, if we don't know a certain thing about God, how can we grow in that capacity in knowing him relationally if we don't know bible study yeah and that can be a big thing but uh, my whole point was like and because that can start is we don't no one starts knowing the bible and so you can start with okay read the bible read the bible as much as you can then maybe improve to like hey hey i've read this a lot i'm starting to get a big grasp read a study bible read other people's thoughts on scripture not just scripture and keep reading scripture as well well and keep praying and keep keep praying to the lord because i think He'll reveal himself to you when he wants to reveal himself to you. I mean, we all know when we've read scripture. I mean, this happens so many times where where we read a scripture, and I'm like, gosh, I don't remember reading that before. I didn't get the same thing out of that scripture the last time. It's because we're at a different place. Yeah. Each time we're, we're reading scripture, we're talking to him, we've had a, you know, just a different journey. Yeah, I mean, and, in a lot of ways, what you were talking about earlier was you said when you read other people, like other Christian books by Christian authors, uh, mm-hmm. like about their faith. Right. That's another part of this. It doesn't have to, like, you don't have to read a theology textbook. That's not right. what I'm saying. Well, that's what it sounded like. like I was not, a little not, concerned if about you're, that. If you're like me, to some degree, like, I do believe, how do you fully understand or fully trust certain aspects of God if you aren't aware those aspects exist? Well, some people and, want to go deep and some yeah. people don't, right? But, but but I mean, what I'm essentially saying is like, uh, if to know God deeper and deeper, you don't have to you don't have to become a scholar. You don't have to do anything like that. But I think we shouldn't ever just feel content. Like I know God enough. Right. You need to apply what you learn. Like you're, you need, if yeah. you're spending time in the Word, you need to apply it. And I think that's really a, I think that's really a big aspect of our Christianity. Is like you know. Um, I mean, it's not just about the book learning. It's about applying what we've learned. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's where the love others comes into play. Yes. (laughs) And that's a big part. And that itself can be its whole big thing. Like me learning, how do I love these two knucklehead boys in my youth group who are looking up to me, who need me, but are making these bonehead Mm -hmm. decisions? How do I approach them? God, how Mm -hmm. like I've been praying so much for them and about Mm -hmm. them, going to Mm -hmm. God for advice, Mm -hmm. going to others for advice. Yeah. Well, we all have somebody in our life like that where, you know, some people push our buttons more than others. And it's just some people are so easy to have a relationship with and then other people are not. I mean, and that's for that's true for all of us. And, And a lot of that has to do with who we are and where we are and how we are and how we relate to each other and just kind of like, I mean, I keep thinking about how we kind of sparred a little earlier and it really (laughs) bothers me. You know, I keep thinking, should we like chuck this podcast and start over? But I don't think so. That's that's less fun. (laughs) I mean, because I mean, it's real. How many times have we've argued before in our lives? We're both high eights on Enneagram. (laughs) We're both can be very argumentative. We both butt heads. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, this podcast displays how much closer we've gotten and also how much better we've come to approaching each other because we're not like that anymore. Well, and we can also move on from that. Like we don't hold grudges. We don't like stay there. You know, like I can be like frustrated with you, but then the next minute, you know, we're fine. Yeah. Just because we love each other and Mm -hmm. you're my baby. You're my mama. And yeah, and I think all that summed up is that first point is just, uh, what was that? I'm sorry. It was our ability to know God can be limited by 
how much we do know him mm-hmm. or know about him. Mm-hmm. And the more, the, I don't want to make it sound like the more facts you know, because that's not quite true. But I mean, don't ever just feel like you're like you're good where you're at. Is essentially right. We always want to be growing, learning, trusting. Yes. For, for some people, that might be reading a theology textbook. For some people, it might be picking up a book by John Eldridge or uh, who is the woman that you mentioned earlier about the food triggers? You said it was like Oh, Leah. her name is Amber Leah. Amber Leah. Mm-hmm. Might be but Amber Leah. I have a good friend. Well, she does fiction, Camille Ida, in, um, or ID. It's actually pronounced ID. But, you know, I think it's not just reading and doing these things on your own, but oh, I yeah. think in fellowship, in a community group where you're talking that's, out that's things. Oh, that that's five, his next that, point. That was my that was my fight. That was my next step. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was just that it was we can't limit the way God communicates with us. Right. It can be community group ministry and anything else like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I see my mom giving me eyes. That looks like we well, should wrap this episode. Yeah, up. we're at forty eight minutes, and I uh, need to make dinner. Well, I'm not hungry yet, so wow. I was I was hoping just but to make this a couple. Your pap, I'm sure, is already way past oh, hungry. That's actually very true. He eats dinner like at two thirty. Yeah. So that's my bad. Uh, well, anyways, <laughs> whenever I stay at this house, he eats dinner at two thirty. I know. Okay, so I have a couple verses for us. Uh, Isaiah fifty four seven. For a mere moment, I have forsaken you, but with great compassion, I will gather to you. And that is God talking to Israel. But, I mean, it applies to us well. When we feel like we're at those low moments, it feels like God's left us, but he hasn't. Mm -mm. And God's going to gather us back. God's going to bring more compassion than we did before, than he did before. And thank you to Jesus for interceding for us. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) We'd be nowhere. We have no clue. Yes. And then James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. And then these last two are combined together. Exodus twenty eleven. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them, and He rested on the seventh day. For that reason, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We need a day without distractions, that we can focus on Him, that we can rest and practice God's presence. And then with that is Jesus's own comments: The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's about setting aside a time away that is important for us. God doesn't need it to be God, but we need it to keep God in our lives, to keep him a priority. And that is the bare minimum standard in a lot of ways. God's saying you should do this at least once every seven days. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of ways we should be doing it every Every day. day. Totally. We may not always be able to practice rest in that same capacity, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, anyways, thank you guys for listening. This was a a bit of a longer episode than normal. We greatly appreciate. If you guys have any suggestions or feedback, uh, please email us at realworldpod.com at gmail.com. And uh, please feel free to leave a like and review on any place you get your podcast. Have a good day, guys.